Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And don't forget this weekend as the run to the roses is on at the Kentucky Derby. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join. Using our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can <laughs> see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome back to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke, and I am sitting here with Doug West. Doug, how are you doing today? Oh, just great. It's a great Saturday. Um, you know, we, you and I haven't been, uh, we haven't connected in the last week. So, you know, a lot has transpired since then. Um, you know, just wish the weather was better today. But yeah, besides that. It's the weather is actually good here. It's like 70, it's sunny, it's not windy. Oh, the weather's been yeah. fantastic the last couple of days here. I do want to apologize though for to everybody listening for not being able to record over the last week or so. It's not because I've been in a depressive state over the Wolves getting bounced from the playoffs. <laughs> I've just been pretty busy and just haven't been able to do this. But we are here now to kind of just wrap up, I guess, Wolves playoff loss talk. Um, maybe to touch on a couple of things off season wise, and then talk about the rest of the playoffs. Cause the NBA is still going. So we need to talk about the other four series that are going on and just kind of update on that. So let's start with just talking about, I mean, the whole Wolves playoff series in general, the game six loss that we haven't talked about yet. Um, I guess, what is your, What's your overall feeling of this Wolves season now that it's officially done? They've they had the playoff series. What's your feeling on the season, the series? They're, you know, looking forward us also. Yeah, I think uh, you know, looking back on the season, it's it was a successful season. Um, you know, the team uh, won. You know, 46, 46 games. Um, uh, players stepped up. Um, accepted their roles. Uh, the team was exciting. Um, you know, they, they played with great energy, tempo, played together for the, for the whole season. Um, you know, coach, coach Finch came in, did a, uh, wonderful job getting them to buy in to his offense, uh, getting them to buy into his defense. Um, and they just had, you know, uh, outstanding, you know, team, team season and some individuals, you know, Cat uh, stepped up, stepped up his game to another level and stepped up his game, um, you know, where we're just looking at it, you know, so excited for what the future holds um, for him. Um, I think, you know, some some uh, bench players uh, got to show show their worth. Uh, and all in all, it was, a, it was a great season with a with a playoff run, you know, keeping the playoffs interesting, you know. Actually, you know, we can sit here and debate it, but really had a chance to win that series. Uh, right. You know, had to had to lead deep into the fourth quarter and and majority of the games. So uh, you know, it was a successful season. I think a learning season and uh, something to build on. Yeah, and I don't think it's like you said. I don't think it's debatable that they could have won that season or that series against Memphis. I think it's debatable if you're saying they should have. And a lot of people think that they should have because of how many leads they had. They led for over 75% of the minutes, but they definitely could have. They could have won that series, um, which I guess is a, I guess a positive sign too, thinking that you had the talent to beat a team that won, I think Memphis won 56 games in the regular season. Yes. 
They were the number two seed. They had the second best record in the league. So I think that part's encouraging, but you also have to, when you look back, peel back the layers of how they lost the series, it's a little bit less encouraging, but also a lot of those players have never been in a close playoff series where they actually had a chance. Um, So that part was, I guess, encouraging. I think the overall it's unquestionably was a very successful season. You look at it coming in every place had the wolves pegged to win like 33, 34, 35 games. (laughs) And they blew that out of the water. When that came out at the beginning of the year or before the year started, I didn't, I thought that was kind of a low number. I thought it would be closer to like 38 wins. They should be expected 39 wins. And they even beat that. So I, I didn't think they'd be this good. I thought they'd be a little under 500, maybe 500 would be like a pretty good mark. And and they stepped up and got past that. So I think it was a good season. And I think there was still room to grow for a lot of players. Like, I mean, Anthony Edwards had some stretches where he didn't play very well for a while. Um, same with D'Angelo Russell. Same with, I mean, Jaden McDaniels for a lot of the season, the first half of the season, did not play good basketball. He was fouling out pretty much almost every game. He couldn't shoot. <laughs> he couldn't score. And we saw him turn it around towards the end. So I think there's a lot of room for growth that not like, oh, I can see this. If this, like, if five things happen, there's going to be a ton of improvement. Like, I think there's some very low hanging fruit for improvement for some, I mean, for even cat, like if cat could figure out a couple small tweaks to his game, he'd be even that much better. And he's already so good. So I don't think it's like, I guess what I'm getting, I don't think it's like they over like, played expectations and next year they're going to just completely nosedive like the Knicks did or the Hawks did where they right. had such success last year and then kind of nosedive. But at the same time, they can't just be complacent with the roster because there is holes in the roster going forward. What do you think would be like priority number one for you? if you were trying to decide the moves this off season, like what holes are you trying to fill first? Well, I, I think the first thing is we have to really um, look at uh, D'Angelo. Um, I think we have to really take a look at, at, at his development. Um, you know, I was just, I was reading, um, reading up and I think this is the first year, you know, the three years he's been there, he's played the most games this year. Um, he hasn't been as hasn't been injured. Um, I thought that he had a, a, you know, very, very good season, solid season. I thought in the playoffs, he was hit or miss, um, you know, more missed than hit. He was for sure um, underwhelming in the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. You know, more missed than hit. And, uh, you know, and, he, and even coming into that game, you know, that series, you know, during the season, averaging 30 points against that team in the playoffs, they, they up the, up the defense, um, you know, he, he struggled to, to really get going. Um, and especially in game six, you know, I thought game six would have been one of those games where he would have, you know, really put his, put his uh, stamp on that, on that game, but it was a struggle for him. Um, you know, other guys um, stepped up in game six and uh, you know, that, that, that's one of the, the, the areas you have to look at. Um, I think we have to look at, you know, backup, uh, backup for cat. Um, you know, who's, you know, who's going to, who's going to be that guy? Um, you know, is it going to be a Nas Reed? Um, is it, or are they going to go, you know, with a, with a, with another, with another player? Um, and I think the team's over the salary cap too. So, uh, you know, they got, they got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on here. Um, you know, I thought that the bench was very solid. Um, you know, how many of those pieces on the bench are around next year? Um, right. You know, where, where do they go? How do, how do they build? How do they build from here um, to make this team go to the next level? Yeah. So I want to touch on D'Angelo Russell a little bit more. Um, D'Lo, I think, had a pretty solid um, season. I think what we can I think what I don't want to get lost is the fact that without him, we probably weren't in the playoffs at all hmm. because he had Very a good true. he didn't have a great regular season scoring wise. He only scored 18 points per game. He didn't shoot the ball great from three. Um, But I think those are things that like, you know, next season, he shot 34% from three this season. Next season, he very well could be back up to 37, 38%. 
which would, you know, bump his scoring up a little bit. But he did shoot a lot better from two than he shot in the past. He averaged the most assists he's ever averaged in his career this season, the least amount of turnovers he's ever averaged in his career this season. And I think he played the best defense he's ever played in his career. Not that that it wasn't a very high bar for him to get over, but I think that (laughs) role that he played in uh, throughout the regular season where he's kind of, you know, you're sticking him on the worst wing or guard player, offensive player on the other team, letting him kind of roam and play a free safety, try to, you know, sniff out steals and things like that. I think that's his best defensive role. Then the big question is, is that how big can that role be in the playoffs? But really his defense at times was a problem in the playoffs, but really, I don't think it was nearly as big a problem as his offense. Like the offense was the part that I really, you could really see D'Angelo Russell was not helping a team um, in the playoff stretch. And obviously that came down to him getting benched for the end of game six for Jordan McLaughlin. But I don't think his D de- I think he tried hard on defense in the playoffs. I think he actually was better on ball than a lot of people probably would have expected, but he did not shoot the ball well. And like you said, they keyed in on him a lot because he did do so much damage against them against them in the regular season. But that's a big question mark that I know a lot of people are wanting to have solved. He's up for an extension this summer. Yes. Um And then I think he still has one more year on his contract. So he will be here for sure next year, unless he's traded, but they can extend him past that. And I don't know what an extension number would look like. Obviously D'Angelo Russell is not a player that's worth the $30 million contract that he's on now, Mm. but he's probably a player that's worth a $20 million contract, but I don't know how much money he's going to, you know, some other team might value him more than that just so they can start building something or, you know, have like a solid point guard. So I just don't know the answer to that. I want to really kind of think about where I'm at with D'Angelo Russell and going into the off season, but I don't want it to get lost that he did have such a good season that helped them get to the playoffs because he was really important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was didn't I mean I hope I didn't put it out there or make it no I'm not like you didn't but no but just in people have in yeah. general you know he he had a yes he had a very very good season I mean and you know as, when you're coming into this year after really not playing for two years you know it's you know it's, I just read he played his most games this past season you right. know then he over the last three years so you know getting acclimated to, to game time um again the playoffs it's a it's another level in the playoffs uh you know getting acclimated with that um, as well. Um, you know, he has a lot of room uh, for growth. Um, I think that, you know, looking at the makeup of the team and, you know, him being, um, you know, one of the leaders on the team, I, I would hope that he would want to be around and, you know, hopefully, you know, he finds a way to, you know, f- focus in on his defense, um, you know, become a better defensive player because no nobody wants to be off the game or right. off the floor, um, at the end of the game, especially in a closeout game, um, you know, when when you're supposed to be one of the guys, uh, you know, you, you want you want your guys out there. Uh, you want you want the coaching staff and, and your teammates to have belief in you. And um, unfortunately, um, you know, game six there, um, as you said, he he did get put put on the bench for Jordan and uh, Jordan did a great job. But, uh, you know, D'Angelo, he, he has to want to be there. Right. And and I think he wanted to be there. And it was really the offense that kept him off the like yes. the offense was too stagnant. And as we talked about <laughs> last time it. and the time before, I mean, Jordan McLaughlin just gets the ball moving. I think Finch was knowing how many leads had collapsed because of the lack of offense. Finch mm-hmm. decided that putting McLaughlin in, especially with D'Angelo Russell having a poor game in game six too. Um, Finch decided that it was the best move for him to try to keep the offense flowing. But yeah, so D'Angelo Russell is going to be a big part of, big part of this offseason talk. Um, I would be, I guess I'd probably be surprised if he gets extended this offseason just because of the playoffs, but you never know um, how that will turn out, but it, that'll be one thing I'm interested to track as, as the offseason goes. You also mentioned the bench and who's going to be back next season off the bench. Um, so, I mean, the main bench guys this year was obviously Jordan McLaughlin was the point guard at times, at times he was out of the rotation. He'll be back. He's on a, you know, he signed a contract this past season. 
Um, Jada McDaniels will still be here. I mean, most, I mean, obviously these are barring trades, but he's still right, under contract. Right. I think he's a key piece that they're not looking to, to move at all. Torian yeah, Prince is not under contract, but it sounds like he would love to be back. Right. And I think the locker room that the players on the team would like to have him back. I don't know how the front office and coaching staff right. feel, um, but I think he was an important part to this team at times, especially as like a veteran presence. I mean, you had Patrick Beverly, but I think mm-hmm. Torian Prince had a different type of veteran presence where he's not different kind of leadership. Yeah. And I think <laughs> the, he kind of just Pats. like, um, maybe I don't want to say fit in, but like, as a friend wise kind of like hung out with the guys more and, and things like that. So I'd be, I would love for him to be back. I don't know what type of money it'll cost to have him back. And then you still have, you know, your other bench players, Jalen Noel is going to be under contract. Nas Reed is still under contract. Um, I could see Nas Reed ending up getting, getting traded somewhere. I don't know where or yeah. for what, but if they want to upgrade, the backup center spot or the power right. forward spot or whatever. I'm not saying he's the main piece, but you know, he might be tossing a trade there um, too. The thing that I wanted to, we, the wolves don't have any money to spend this off season outside <laughs> of, so anything they get is going to either have to be in a trade or they can use their mid-level exception. Level to, exception yeah. So like $10 million. So if you can find the cap backup for $10 million or, if you decided to trade D'Angelo Russell for the backup center or the power forward to play next to cat or whatever it is, then maybe you can get a mid-level point guard to, to be on the team. But I'm just interested to see how they approach this off season in general, because it is going to be really interesting to see what they decide is priority. Number one, I think priority number one is figuring out who is going to play next to cat slash behind cat and just that whole big man rotation because the wolves do not have bigs they just cat is their only true big nas reed is not super big especially since he's lost weight he's you know built more like a four and then vanderbilt and mcdaniels definitely are not big so what they're going to do with that rotation is going to be my that i mean we talked about that last year I mean, that's been tough for two years and it, nothing's came of it. I think this year they're going to have to do something, especially knowing how some parts of the season went. There were some times where they really got killed on the offensive glass that lost them games. That was part of this whole playoff series was the offensive glass was killing them. So how they shore that up this offseason is going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, You know, I look at it. Um, you know, when you say a big, when you say bigs, um, you know, there's not the, the, the big in my mind um, in the NBA has really, I mean, you have your Steven Adams, you have your Joel Embiid's, um, you have your um, Don Luca, I mean, not Luca, um, Jokic, uh, Jokic, uh, you know, the, the bigs, you know, they're, they're, they're not really you know, that big post, the post up, um, right. demanding the ball in the post. So I, I look at it more like a, a hybrid, a hybrid right, four, right. Um, a guy who can, you know, who can rebound the basketball, who can run the floor, who can finish on the break, who can stretch the floor with, with shooting the three um, and who can pursue rebounds, um, right. you know, like, like crazy. Um, and I think that's that's that guy we're we're looking for next to Cat. And you know, when Cat comes off the floor, maybe that guy can move down, um, and vice versa. And then having you know some of the guys um, left over, you know, from the bench, um, you know, you know, coming in, you know, Vanderbilt did a outstanding job um, in that in that role. Uh, so yeah, it will be very interesting to see um, who they go, who will be available, um, yeah. you know, who who they might be able uh, to snatch up. Um, and I think you're going to see, you know, it, it, you know, just from the outside and I have more inside look, but from the outside, looking in, looking at, uh, the T-Wolves Twitter accounts and looking at their Instagram and stuff like that, they're doing a good job marketing the team and marketing the players. And it looks like those guys have a camaraderie, um, together 
And you might have some veterans who might want to be part of this now. Um, right. You know, they can they can see the winnings happening. Um, they can see the culture. Um, you know, the ownership group has come in and they're, they're doing a, a, a terrific job. Uh, the fan base has been outstanding. Um, and, you know, a lot of a lot of players, you know, they, they want to be part of that. And, you know, you have a seven versus a two this year. Uh, hopefully we can move up the ladder next year and, yeah. you know, and make make it make it even better. Right. I think there will be I think there could be, you know, some players that think, you know, they need someone like me. And then maybe we can they could be a four or five seed instead of that seven seed or maybe a three seed, you know, fighting for home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Um, I'm just interested who those players are. You talked about someone fitting next to Cat and then potentially sliding in. The name that's been, I mean, kind of a hot name before, I mean, at the trade deadline last offseason, Miles Turner is a guy that theoretically fits well with the Timberwolves. He can knock down a three. He's also a fantastic um, defender, especially at the rim. And I think that you could get away with probably playing him and Cat together for you know, 15 minutes a night. And then he takes cats 15 minutes that he's off the floor and plays the, the center spot too. So, and maybe he's the center the whole time and cats, the power right. order, however it works, but he's been a guy. So someone like that, I don't know who the other guys like that are that right. are that, I mean, they're none of them are going to be as good at defenders because miles Turner is one of the best rim defenders in the NBA, but even just like a minimalized version of that, would be a good fitting piece. Jared Vanderbilt's a good fitting piece. Um, he's not as much of a rim protector, but he is really versatile in defense. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the offensive game that lets the rest of the offense kind of flow. And at times, Towns does a good job of finding Vanderbilt in the dunker, dunker spot or cutting to the basket. And at times, it's just like he's a complete liability out there. So I wish he could shoot. I wish he could finish better. <laughs> all those things. But that's not something you can just teach in, in one year. So I think they definitely need help in that area. Um, Jaden McDaniels, I don't think is big enough to be the full-time power forward. I want to see no. him playing I'm on the wing. More. I'm yes. hoping next season, my hope is that if say the, say nobody gets traded, say D'Angelo Russell's still here. I would love for the Timberwolves lineup to be Russell Edwards at the two, McDaniels at the three, whoever you have at the four, whether it is Vanderbilt or someone you bring in, and then Cat at the five, and then having like Beverly off the bench. Because I think mm-hmm. it's in his going into his third year, it's gonna be time for McDaniels to start ascending as a starter in the league, you know, figuring out who he is as a wing, not playing too much at the at the four. And then you also are getting Edwards playing at the two, and that's causing, I mean, the length of that lineup is very long. Uh, D'Angelo uh, Russell's long. Ant's big, long. Jaden McDaniels, obviously, is a crazy long player. And then Cat. Cat's not a huge center, but he still has like a 7-4 wingspan. He's 6'11". So there's a lot of size to that lineup. And I think that's something the Wolves could use defensively to counteract maybe some of their limits on that side of the ball. I think, is that is that a lineup they used when Beverly was hurt? It probably is a lineup. I could. And I think it, I think that is the lineup they used when I was when I was there um, uh, for the for the um, New Jersey Nets game because Beverly was hurt, and I remember McDaniel starting, um, and I'm I'm almost positive that's the lineup, and that that's a that's great size. <laughs> you you know you hit it there. You said about the the length of that lineup there. Um, that's, that's, that's great size. And, you know, it really does put, put people in their true positions as well. Um, you know, now Pat's coming, coming off the bench. Um, he can play one or the two, but, and then actually, as you said, putting, um, putting, um, Ant at the two, Ooh, that's a, that's a good lineup there. Good lineup. I like, I like where you're going with that coach. Yeah. So that lineup played only, so with Vanderbilt in there at the four, that lineup only played in one game for like one minute. Okay. But I, oh shoot, that was playoffs. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say I didn't think that was right. Okay, that lineup played in 19 games, averaging eight minutes per game. So they mm-hmm. tried that lineup for 
and the 150 minutes this season. Gotcha. Um, I don't know how well that worked out, like the numbers, if their offense was good or defense was good, but that was a lineup. I guess I kind of thought that was probably going to be the starting lineup the whole year. The season, right. Um, and they had some weird starting lineups at the beginning. Of the year. I think like Jack Kogi maybe started some games and uh, Beverly wasn't starting right away. And it was just all kind of mishmash and whatever. But um, yeah, I don't, I think that would, I mean, Jaden McDaniels, if he takes a step, if Edwards takes a step, right. like that could be a really dangerous lineup. And you could have that lineup on the floor for 20 minutes a night. That could be, could be a big thing for the team um, next season. Yeah, well, so that's what, that's my hope is that McDaniels can be that guy and that <laughs> Beverly can be more of a backup and come in later too. So, well, McDaniels, he showed in game six that he can, you know, he, he yeah. can get it going when he's because <laughs> he, right. he, he had a, he had a very good game six. So, so um, I, I like, I like where you're going with that lineup. It sounds, it sounds like a good lineup there. Let's move. As long as you're okay with it, let's move away from Timberwolves talk. Let's go into basketball. That's still happening right now. Cause that's the most relevant thing right now. We have four <laughs> series going on. Uh, Miami, Philadelphia is a two, one series now after Embiid came back. Phoenix, Dallas is also a two, one series after Dallas just won yesterday. Milwaukee and Boston and Golden State Memphis are both tied 1-1. Let's start at that Philly-Miami series. You were at game three yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yep. Joel Embiid came back with a broken face. And (laughs) I don't – he didn't necessarily dominate the game. He only had 18 points, 11 rebounds, one assist. But his presence on the court made all the difference for Philly. What did you notice watching that game? Um, and just what Embiid means for them and then what he means for their chances this whole series, if they can come back. Well, you know, first and foremost, the energy was just, you know, a home game. The energy was just outstanding um, inside the arena. Um, and, you know, not knowing, um, you know, living here, not knowing for the last, uh, you know, f- few you know a few days whether he was going to play or not people have been on edge so it finally comes out that he's going to play you know it's it's uh mayhem at the arena um what i noticed first and foremost was the impact he had on the defensive end um you know just being able you know they, they do a lot of switching as well he's able to get out there um get in a stance uh switch keep people in front of him you know able to move his feet, um, you know, uh, they were able to run the offense through him on the offensive side. Um, I, I really feel he allowed, I mean, Danny Green was seven for nine from three last night, 21 points. He hasn't had 21 points all year. Um, you know, he was getting open shots. Um, you know, everyone just seemed to f- play better. Um, <laughs> you know, they always say home, home helps. Um, but everyone just played, better. they look more comfortable. Um, now I think Tobias, uh, he may have stepped back a little bit as far as scoring, but you know, his energy and everything was great. And then, you know, Maxi Tyrese Maxi, you know, he just has the knockout fourth quarter and just, uh, basically, you know, they, they run away with that game game in the end. And now we have a we have a series two one you know with game four at home uh, tomorrow. I think one big thing that happened in last night's game that didn't wasn't happening before was Doc Rivers didn't play DeAndre Jordan, <laughs> and I mean part of it's because Embiid is back, but right. DeAndre Jordan just he doesn't he's not an impactful player at this stage of his career and um they went with paul reed as the backup Mm -hmm. in game three there and i think that was i mean that was the move deandre jordan didn't play against toronto so it's not like doc rivers was loving to play him he was pretty much playing him out of necessity but it's pretty clear that he was negatively impacting them in those first two games and he didn't play in this last one paul reed played pretty solidly as, as Embiid's backup. That's only like a, a 12 minute role. And I think against Miami, when they don't have huge backup bigs, it's not, you know, it's not a disadvantage to have a smaller Paul Reed out there. 
Um, but I think, yeah, that was big that they didn't have to play DeAndre Jordan. They could replace him with, with Embiid is probably quite the upgrade for a team that's really looking for some <laughs> juice. So yeah, they got well, two in you know, series. Doc, yep. And they, Doc has they this, sorry. Go for it. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt you there. Doc has this thing where he says DeAndre only plays against the big centers and he right. uses Paul, you it's know, for, the, for these, for these other teams. But when Joel was out, he had the, he started, he started right. um, DeAndre those two games because, you know, they, they, they feel that Paul Reed stays, he doesn't know how to stop fouling. Um, right. So, you know, and we know who that is. There. We know how that goes. With <laughs> it, so. um, but yeah, they got another game at home. I think they play on Monday. No, tomorrow night, Sunday night. Oh, Sunday, Sunday night. Okay. Sunday yeah, Sunday so they eight. play, they got a chance to even it back up. And then, you know, then there would be a series. Do you think, uh, I guess, do you think they're going to win this series? Do you think they'll come <laughs> win it if Embiid's able to play the rest of the way? Because um, I think it's a pretty good matchup. I think, I don't, I don't trust Miami that much. I don't trust Miami that much. And I don't know why that is, but I just, it feel they feel to me like a team that at any moment like could get cold and it just and it's they're over. not gonna win. So yeah, I don't trust. I mean, they scored 79 points last right. night. That's a low yeah, score, I, even for the playoffs, that's a low so scoring I, game now. Yeah, I I feel the Sixers can win this series. Um, I know that you know, after game one and game two, um, you know, people around here are ready to sell their homes and, and move somewhere else, you know, because they, they just couldn't believe how bad that, that showing was. But, um, you know, I think Joe coming back again, you know, puts guys in the right positions. Uh, guys are getting, you know, open looks, the defense picked up, the offense looked better. Um, and, you know, for a day, for 24 hours, 48 hours, everything's good. So we'll see yeah. what happens tomorrow. Let's move to the next series. That's the Phoenix-Dallas series. Phoenix was obviously the best team in the league this season, best record. Really seemed like nobody could play with them. Dallas was able to win uh, last night's game, and that was a game in Dallas. And they pretty much won it on the back of Jalen Brunson and Luka Doncic, each of them scoring 28 and 26 points. Um, Do you think Dallas has a shot in this series? Like... I just think Phoenix is too good that Phoenix could just go win the next two handedly and it's just over. I really don't think Dallas has a shot to actually win the series. Maybe they can steal another game, but I'd be surprised if they even forced a game seven because I think Phoenix is just that good. And I think Dallas just has to play to their max to have a, a shot at, at taking them down. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I think, uh, you know, Dallas came out, they they played a very good floor game. Um, you know, uh, Jalen Brunson made shots last night. Luca was Luca. Um, you know, but when you when you get down to it, it just seems like Phoenix has too many pieces. Um, they're focused, they're 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 on a mission. And if it goes six games, I would be shocked. Um, if it goes seven, I'd really be shocked. So I'm I'm still looking at Phoenix in five. Yeah. And I, I think that's fair. They've, I mean, they won the other two games, the game two, they won by 20. And I think game one was a little bit closer game, yeah. seven points, but I just, the way like any close game, I think those with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you're going to close it out because they are, that's when they play the best is when the fourth quarter comes around and it's crunch time, it's time to go down. They, and that's what they do. So I don't think that they're too worried about dropping one game to Dallas. I think they're going to be just fine with that. Um, the the series that's the most interesting. Well, <laughs> the next two, I guess, are pretty interesting. The Milwaukee Boston series is a no. that's a series of like, I mean, the first game we saw, it was all like hard nose defense um, in both games, really, but. The Celtics just could get nothing going in game one. Then in game two, the Bucks could get nothing going. Obviously, no Chris Middleton hurts. Um, but like the defense they've been throwing at Giannis has been <laughs> individually at Giannis has been pretty impressive. But game two, like 
I don't know. The, I just, I don't know what to do with this one. This one's like a coin flip <laughs> for me. I really don't know because both teams have great defense. We saw Giannis and Brooke Lopez lock up the paint in game one. They, the Celtics could get nothing. And I just don't know. I, you, I, this is probably the closest to a coin flip I felt about any playoff series, <laughs> all playoffs long. Um, yeah, I, 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 I was flipping the coin over here for you. Yeah. Because I totally agree with you. I mean, and you, you hit it perfect. You know, game one, we saw, you know, the Milwaukee dominance game two, we see Boston build that wall and keep Giannis out of lane. And we see Boston's dominance that, that looked more like the net series, um, Mm -hmm. you know, than you know, than they did in, in game one. And, you know, they, they did that without the defensive player of the year. Um, you know, right. Smart was – he was out of the game. I just feel that this is a seven-game series. Um, you know, I think on our network I picked Phoenix versus Milwaukee um, for the championship. This Boston team, though, man, they are – oh, they, they look good. Um, you know, when Jalen Brown's rolling like that, and with Tatum's rolling like that, and you know, you got the, the the guys buy into the roles. I mean, they are tough-nosed, you know, they play together defensively. They they just they just know their jobs, they know their roles, and, and it just it's gonna be a great series. So game three today. So we'll see. Yeah, the game game three is I mean, a lot of game three might happen for a lot of people listening to this because it's, it's this afternoon, but yeah, that series is just one that I'm just I like watch. I like both teams yes. too. It's a series where I mean they both have such likable players. Um, Giannis is just Giannis to me is the best player in the league right now. I think overall he's just played really really well for sure. Top three player in the league, and and then Boston. The the interesting thing about Boston is they're a young team, but they got guys that have been there before. Jason Tatum's mm-hmm. been to the conference finals before. I think Jalen Brown was on that team too. Like they've been deep in the playoffs. They're not a Timberwolves team where it's their first, you know, their first right. real look at the playoffs. They've been there before. They're going up against the reigning champions. They have a slight help with no Chris Middleton that, that does hurt Boston or excuse me, it does hurt Milwaukee. But this Boston team, I think Emi Udoka has put Emi Udoka has coached very, very well this season. I mean, Boston at the beginning of the year, it was <laughs> like, were, who, who is people this? are like, we got, we got to trade either Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. We got to blow this up. We got to do something. And he just stayed the tide, made some adjustments. And now, I mean, they dominated the second half second of the half, season. Yes. So I, I don't really have a rooting interest in this one. I also don't know who I think is going to win. Um, but I'm just glad that we have this series that's so close that we can just enjoy basketball. I'm I'm almost confident this series goes seven games. Like oh, so I don't see I. a scenario where it doesn't. Um, and now maybe it won't, but that would be my my guess is that this series goes seven because these teams are just they're gonna make the adjustment. Someone's gonna come out win. The other team's gonna make the adjustment, they're gonna steal one, and it's just gonna be back and forth for the rest of the way. So that's a great series. Um, I'm interested to see. What happens today? Because the series is in, or the game be today? That would they're be in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, Milwaukee right? So in Milwaukee. Yeah. we'll see uh, if the fans show up for their their reigning champs and if they can push it two one or if Boston steals one. I don't know. It's going to be a great series. A lot. This next series too, I think is <laughs> <laughs> there, a, the playoffs are very good. I just have to say that the playoffs Playoff basketball are very good. is. I mean, it. What I want to backtrack a little bit. The higher seed won every round or every series in round one. Right. The ones beat all the eights. That I don't I wonder when the last time that happened was because it makes logical sense, but like I think it's been a while since every top seed won their series. Um yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how long it's been, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Some lower seeds gonna win this round. I don't think it's gonna be only ones and two seeds going into into the next round, but it could be, it could be. I just don't think it is, but let's talk about golden state Memphis. Obviously Memphis is a team that the wolves just had a series against the wolves really played well against. And I think 
if you look at John Morant's stat line, his averages over the series, pretty solid. But if you watch the games, you knew that the Wolves really took him out of a lot of the big chunks of a lot of the games. And then he'd have, you know, bigger fourth quarters and things like that. But like their defense on him was actually really good. And now we're seeing him in (laughs) the Golden State series and they just don't have the answer for Ja. Not saying that they're not, I mean, they obviously have won one game and I think that they still have a very solid chance at winning the series, but they haven't been scheming Ja Morant out of this series like the Timberwolves did in the first one. Ja scored 34 points in game one. He scored 47 points in game two. And in the Timberwolves series, he he scored 32 points in game one and 30 points in game five. And other than that, he had one other 20-point game. Everything else was 17 or less. So total opposite ends of the spectrum from John Morant here, which obviously for Memphis is a good thing if they can get him going. Where do you see this series going? I mean, this is a tough one for me to pick too. I don't think it's as much as a coin flip as the last one, but I could see this one easily going either way. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, going into the series, especially after watching Memphis play um, Minnesota, and then watching game one, I just thought that Golden State would, you know, and they still could, you know, win this series in five. Um, and then game two happened. Um, Gary Payton Jr. goes down, um, who has really been the only person that really looks like they can stay in front of Jaw <laughs> right yeah. now. He goes down and you know, Jaw ends up going for 47. They win that game. And, you know, the, it's a it's a it's a series now. It's a, you know, Golden State's going home. They, they did what they were supposed to do. They got one in Memphis, um, but they're going back home now. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play, um, how they match up uh, with Jaw, because, I mean, what, 47, 34? I mean, he's what, 91 points in two games, man. It's like... Uh, you know, that's, 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 uh, that's crazy. Um, you know, he's averaging 45 points a game. I mean, it's, uh, you know, some, some crazy stuff there. What's crazy is I'm looking at his, his stats over here and he took 31 shots in both games. He didn't 22 shots was the most shots. The wolves let him have, I mean, he didn't even get that many shots up. It's like his game is totally changed. He's take. He took 11 threes in, in game one, 12 threes in game two. He, he took like 12 threes all series. I think it's less than 20. He took two game in the seven game or the six games. He took two, four, three, two, four, five threes. That's it. He made four in game one. That's more. That's the same amount he made in the whole series. He made four threes in game one, five in game two. I just, which is Who weird is because <laughs> You were just saying they had one, the Warriors had one guy that can stay in front of him, but John Morant's doing a lot of damage behind the arc. And threes are shots you can get whenever you want them. But so you think he'd be blowing by going to the rim because nobody can stay in front of him. And he's doing that too, but he's also shooting more threes. I don't know why or how he's doing it, but he's been really dominant and he's still passing the ball really well, which he did against the Timberwolves. He's still rebounding the ball really well. I don't know what the answer is for Golden State. Who do you put on? Obviously, Peyton was a good person. You're not going to put Steph Curry on him. They've had Jordan Poole on him at times. Not working. Andrew Wiggins is long, but not at, I mean, nobody's as quick as John Morant, but I don't think he's quite quick enough to stay in front of him. Obviously, Draymond Green's their best defender, but you need him in another role, so He's not going to be able to stay in front either. I don't know if they have an answer and they don't have the true rim protection to stop him either. So I just, Clay Thompson's lost his step since coming back from injury. I don't know where they, who they turn look to for answers, <laughs> yeah. but weirdly enough, I'm still fairly, not fairly. I'm still leaning to Golden State winning the series. And I can't tell you why, really. I can't tell you why. 
I think that they're just like the more seasoned veteran team that's going to be able to, at the end of the day, get down. I mean, even with John Morant scoring 34 points and then 47 points, they won a game and they lost by five in another game. So I'm interested to see if they can slow him down and what that does for them. But really, like, they're kind of, I think it's the opposite of the Timberwolves thing. The Timberwolves are choosing anybody but John Morant can beat us. And the Warriors are kind of just like, Ja can try to beat us on his own and we'll try to take away everything else. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm leaning Golden State. Where are you, how are you feeling about this series? And yeah, I'm leaning. I'm leaning Golden State as well. Um, like I said, I mean, I, I I just think that they're too seasoned. Um, you know, they they've been in these situations. You know, it's going to be big to see what adjustments they make um, tonight. You know, uh, you know, one of the things that you mentioned. You know, when Jaw gets by that first level and he and he starts to go or attack the basket, there's not anyone that's really up in his stratosphere with him right now. So he's shooting, he's shooting the ball. He's getting little layups wide open, uh, whatnot, um, getting into the basket, going left a lot. I mean, he's, he's really, I mean, if they haven't figured out that this dude's goes left 80% of the time, then, you know, that's something that they're missing. So I wouldn't be surprised if they, if you see a, a somewhat of a wall built for jaw tonight, um, you know, trying to keep him out of the lane and uh, trying to make other guys, you know, hopefully make shots. Uh, because right now, Jaw has shown that he can keep them in the game and he can also beat you. Yeah, he's he's definitely doing what I think a lot of people may have expected him to do against the Timberwolves. He's actually doing that this one in this series. I think a lot of it comes down to, like we said, they don't have that rim protection. Draymond Green, good to come over and tag. And, but he's not, I mean, he's not Rudy Gobert. He's not Miles Turner. He's not a shot blocker. He's just getting in your way. And with John Moran, he'll just go over you around Mm -hmm. you. It doesn't matter. He's so athletic and agile, even in the air that he can kind of get a shot off whenever he wants to, but yeah, I'm going, I'm going golden state. I think it probably goes six or seven. Um, But I think I just have to stick with, with the team that has experience, they've been there. That's not a knock against the Grizzlies, but not at all. Not at all. This is their second real playoff run. So I think, I think I'm going warriors and, but that could change. I mean, things happen all the time. Another thing that doesn't help is Dylan Brooks won't be playing in that game tonight because he's suspended for his, his flagrant on, on uh, Gary Gary Payton. So that part's going to, Hurt, that's another defender that you can put on Steph or Clay or Wiggins or whoever it is. You're just losing, you know, your best perimeter defender too, which is never a good thing when it comes to the playoffs. So I I don't think I, that I heard them. I thought I heard them talking about putting hoping Andre Iguodala could come back and guard Jaw. And I was like, oh boy, they I mean Andre's that's Andre. not, I don't think that's the answer either. <laughs> I don't think that's the answer. <laughs> I think uh, maybe maybe five years ago. This is good. Oh yes, five years ago for sure. Not now. Not now. Yeah. I don't think that's the answer. But Finals MVP. So like yes. maybe he We've... maybe he still got something. I don't know. He that's not the answer. I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> there probably isn't an answer, and that's that's the hope for the Grizzlies is that there's no answer for Ja. Hopefully he can take over enough, and maybe you can get more out of. Jaron Jackson Jr., who still, Correct. I don't remember how he played in game one, but game two, he also was not very, uh, very effective in that game. Obviously, they won, but yeah, game one, he did play good. He had 33 points. Yeah, I, I thought, thought he, he, yeah, he played good. One of the games, I knew he he had he broke out. But he only had 12 crazy. points in game two. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll, they'll need him. I mean, they're going to need, that's their second best player, should be their second best player. Desmond Bain's been playing like it, but they need him to, to step up this series if they want to win too. So, and I don't know if I can, I don't know if I trust him to do it, to be honest, like we (laughs) haven't seen it yet. And I guess time will tell too. So, but that game's tonight. Uh, The other games we said, Milwaukee and Boston play this afternoon. Yeah. They play this afternoon. Yes. So, and then we're going 
Um, you said tomorrow they got obviously that more. Philly game and then the Phoenix Dallas. I I just love the playoff. I mean, like, doesn't get better than this, right? And right. Uh, there's some really good teams left. Like these, these probably are the eight best teams in the league. And to put a Timberwolves spin on it, the Wolves were close, close. to being one of these eight teams. So, like, close. I guess they can take some, maybe make that fuel the fire for this offseason. But, um, but, yeah, I think that's that's all I got to talk about. You want to talk about? Yeah, it's a good day, man. Good chat. Um, but So, I guess we'll be back probably sometime this coming week, talk more about the playoffs, if any Timberwolves things come up. I just want to give a shout-out to – to Dave Benz, the Timberwolves play-by-play guy, got um, didn't get his contract renewed for next season, which I I think is a bad move because I think he's one of the better commentators in the league. But I don't know what the TV channel is going to do for someone next year. But I just want to give a shout out to him because he was a reason a lot of people watch basketball, people or watch Timberwolves basketball. People always said league pass wise a lot of people would say that him and Jim Peterson were like one of their top three, top five favorite commentators to listen to. I don't know how you, if you like to style what, whatever, but I personally did. And I'm kind of sad that he's going to be gone, but uh, nothing we can do about it now, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did get a chance to hear him and Jim do games this year and uh, I thought he did a, a wonderful job. Um, you know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, when I, when I played for the Wolves, um, Kevin Harlan was our guy. Right. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Kevin Harlan, he's, you know, where he is now. So, right. you know, maybe, maybe Dave's moving up the ladder as well. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens and, you know, wish him, wish him the best moving on. All right. Well, I think that's all we have today. So like I said, we'll be back soon. Um, thank you, Doug, for finding time to, to do this. And we'll definitely talk hopefully before the first round and if not right after the first round's over, move into the second round. So again, this has been the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm Brendan Hedke and he's Doug West and we'll be back soon. Peace out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.